Hi, and welcome to the Pet Healer Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Mitzi Vargas. And today we are talking about March. March is um, Poison Prevention uh, Control Month. And so the ASPCA um, usually has a line that is very famous. It's the Poison Control Line. And I'm just going to say the number because if you're listening to this and you don't know about it, um, if you ever have a problem with your pet ingesting something that is toxic, um, definitely the uh, poison control uh, line is 24-7 and it's 1-888-426-4435. Again, 888-426-4435. I've definitely been using this them for years. Uh, when we encounter a human prescription that we do not know about, because Google is sometimes not reliable. And of course, we want to know treatment. So for us as veterinarians, we contact the poison control when we need something quick and we need to know treatment. What is the indicated treatment? Because the worst thing you could do is to do the wrong treatment for the poison. Let's say a, a very classic example, if your pet eats something that is caustic and you try to give them hydrogen peroxide to throw up then hydrogen peroxide is caustic too, and throwing up will further irritate that mucosa. So that would not be a good thing to do. Um, you would actually exacerbate the problem, and you can really hurt your pet. So it's very important to know when it's appropriate to stimulate vomiting, induce vomiting, when it's appropriate to use uh, activated charcoal, when it's appropriate to just do uh, monitoring or to immediately head to the veterinarian so that they can put a, an IV line and start flushing out that toxin. So that's why they do a wonderful job and we're so grateful that there is such thing as a pet poison control line. And there are multiple other um, businesses that claim that they can give you some uh, poison control, but I tend to use the SPCA because they have it uh, they were the first in the in there that came up with it, and they have so many years and a compilation of so many cases. They actually keep track of the cases, and it becomes part of the database. So just so that you know, for last year, the top five, we're going to discuss the top five um, poisons that, you know, reasons why people call the poison control. The reason I, is because I want us to, be aware of the, the problems or possible consequences of these things and maybe to uh, see how's a, a way to avoid, you know, falling into these situations. So the first one is uh, over-the-counter medications. That's the number one cause for pet uh, poisons in the United States. And more than 41,000 cases were called in last year. Can you imagine that? And this includes vitamins. I mean, did you know that iron, uh, you know, definitely is an element that we all need in our diets and our dogs too, but in excess, it could be fatal to your pets. And anything in excess, really, you could have uh, any um, toxicity, especially vitamins or, or, or medications that are fat-soluble. So, uh, they stay in the fat, so they are cumulative, so they're very hard to get rid of. And so there are multiple things over the counter. For example, the D, uh, like say Certec. 
You could give Sirtec to your dog, sure. It may or may not work, but at least it won't harm them. But if you give them the Sirtec that has the decongestant, Sirtec D or, or Tavis D or anything that says D, you could hurt your pet. They are the, some decongestants, whereas the dogs and the cats do not have any enzymes to break them down, and they are poisonous. They build up. So there are a lot of over-the-counter uh, supplements that appear to be harmless, uh, but they are not. Um, then the second one is the human prescriptions. And that is where I get a lot of um, concern because some of the human prescriptions are lethal. And, you know, the doses, dosages that we take are probably, less, for example, less, uh, let's say one meloxicam. So I had somebody that had a five-pound chihuahua and wanted me to give them a prescription for meloxicam because they take meloxicam. It's not that expensive, and they have, I think it was like 300 milligram. Well, your pet gets so little, gets like five milligrams. How can I break a pill in, you know, I don't even know how many, but, you know, divided by, by five, you know, is, is a lot. You know, I can't even give you... Uh, an estimate it's like scrape the pill and give them the scrapes of a pill so you can really uh accurately those you know get a dose very accurately using the human medication that's why there are veterinary products is is if it's a product that works in dogs too and most of these prescriptions have been researched in the lab animal uh setting and so they could you know dogs unfortunately beagles are using lab animals so they might have already the dosages that are appropriate for dogs and so that's how some of the medications that are developed for humans also end up being developed in the veterinary sector at a lower dose way lower dose um, for use you know in our pets so it's not that i don't want to give prescription my my friends is that um Sometimes you don't have an equal uh, for for your pets, and it will be safer to just use the veterinary approved medication. And so, human prescriptions, people leaving the the all their bottles of medications right next to their bed. Some people, because it's easier for them to remember to wake up or go to sleep and take the pill, they put them right next to the bed table bedside table. Well, that is a perfect place for your dog that is bored or curious or is just a chow hound to just go in there and say, hey, this is human, this is new, this is a great toy, this is a great chewy, and chew them up. And they can chew the whole bottle and swallow the whole bottle. So that's another problem. But they have done that. I have seen that and done that, so that's what I'm saying, guys. But more than 36,000 pets felt last year to prescription medications opioids is is horrible you know uh, we have a lot of opioids a lot of uh, you know cbd now that the cbd or the marijuana is prescribed for medical reasons we get a lot of dogs that come in with marijuana intoxication and it is prescribed but uh, it is left on supervised or left at the um, where the pet is able to get into it. Do not underestimate the curiosity of your dogs or cats. Do not underestimate 
how persistent they could be if they see you taking something. They are, they're watching you all the time. They see you taking that pill or taking that chewy or taking whatever it is you're taking. And they want it too because you're everything for them. You're the best hunter uh, or huntress in the universe. You bring food home every day at all times. So they want to know what you're eating. They want to eat it too. So be careful with your prescription medication. The next one is food. And I've talked about in many episodes, when the holidays come, food is one of the top issues that causes pancreatitis that can cause uh, poisoning. One of the things is silitol. So we just went through uh, Valentine's and we're coming up to Easter in March. And what do you give in Easter? Chocolate. You give all sorts of foods. Well, uh, the third one is food. The fourth one is chocolate. So we'll we'll tackle you know we tackle these two together. But the, in the food, I would say for the candy that is gonna be in Easter, you have to be watchful that it does not contain silitol. Silitol is super poisonous, super poisonous, lethal even uh, to dogs and and to cats. And it is in a lot of candy, especially the ones that say sugar free or less sugar or whatever. Um, so no sugar, well, look in there, it's probably going to have silitol, which is an artificially sweetener. And for us, it doesn't do anything, or so they claim. But for dogs, it's poisonous. And I have had several cases of that, and it's not um, great. I mean, they, they get into your purse. Be careful with the chewing gum you have in your purse, because this is a real case that happened. Chewing gum in the, in the purse, the lady comes home, leaves the purse in the sofa, the dog goes in, into the purse, gets the chewing gum, eats the whole chewing gum. There's pets uh, vomit, very smelly chewing gum, smell, uh, you know, smelling vomit. Uh, and they were treated at our hospital and they recover by the miracle of God. But um, definitely is not something you want to. It's a very scary situation. And chocolate, chocolate at least I think people have more awareness, but you would think that there will be less cases. But last year there were 21,000 cases of chocolate, specifically poisonings, and 24,000, more than 24,000 of food poisonings, which is table scraps and things that we're eating. And then the chocolate Basically, you know, we know that it is toxic, that it depends on the, um, how dark the chocolate is, how much real chocolate cacao is in there, because the theobromine is what's the active ingredient. And if it's a milk chocolate or the chocolate is a, a low percentage, then it's mostly sugar and nothing will happen. But if it's the, the darker the chocolate, the more dense it is, uh, the more amount your pet eats, then the danger is real. So definitely uh, take all these Easter chocolate baskets and everything away from your pets. Make sure they cannot reach it. And lastly, veterinary products. So a lot of people complain um, that, uh, for example, Simparica or other uh, new flea and tick uh, products may be uh, causing some reactions. And these reactions could be mild, could be irritation, could be itchiness, could be vomiting, could be diarrhea. But um, if your pet is reacting to one of those uh, either flea products or even antibiotics that were prescribed by your veterinarian or any kind of veterinary um, approved product, then not only should you cause, call the pet poison prevention uh, line, but also your veterinarian so you can have that as, um, you know, in the mark, 
you know, as an alert in their files so that that product could be avoided. And some products are all in the same category. So it could be that if is um, allergic to that flea medication, may not be able to take any other that have a similar compound. So it's very important if your pet has any kind of reaction that you think that might be related to the administration of a veterinary product, that you contact your veterinarian, that you contact the pet poison line, and that we can come to an agreement to see, okay, well, this does not agree with my pet. Um, because the body doesn't lie. The body will, ex, you know, find, you know, how um, how bad things are for your body. And it's so individual and customized because dogs and cats are not, you know, they're not cookies. They're individuals and they all are different. So it's really hard to make a, a big, you know, generalization when they are so um, individual. Now, the funny thing is this list didn't include fertilizers or rat poison and or um, any of the other, uh, you know, things like uh, when the, uh, you know, car products or anything like that. And so the funny thing is in the past, rat poison was always in the top three but I think that people are more aware, people are more conscientious about that. So I think that because every year we were, you know, telling people do not put rat poison around because your pets will find it and they will eat it or they will eat the diseased rats and they will be sick. So I think people are, are taking more care when they put fertilizers that they are um that they are marked areas, that they are separate, that they allow it to dry before they let any dogs get in there. So there's a lot of awareness, and I really am very positive that if we continue to bring the awareness about the human prescription and the OTC medications, how to put it away from your pets, um, we're going to make some... uh, effort to decrease these numbers because it's horrible this is a hundred thousand animals last year that call the uh, poison control over a th- over a hundred thousand and uh, it needs need, it doesn't need to ha- be that way because we are the um our pets keepers so we need to take responsibility so thank you so much for listening i hope that you learned something i hope that you um repent and go put all your stuff away from your pets and please hit the notification button tell and share your friends with your friends um, because our podcast is out there to bring the light into the darkness that it is the pet ownership world sometimes thank you and have a great time and remember that from now on we're going to be uh, downloading every friday a brand new episodes so you can be on the lookout for them Uh, In the meantime, visit our Facebook page, the Pet Healer Podcast page. Uh, We also have a website, thepethealerpodcast.com. And uh, we are in most platforms, so you can uh, enjoy our topics. Thank you, and until next time, take care. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Information about this episode came from my book, Alvet, the Revolutionary Pet Care and Longevity Solution, available in Amazon at our clinic and soon to be an audiobook. So look forward to that. And this episode was sponsored by my practice, Orchid Springs Animal Hospital. And our website is www.osahvsinvictorets.com. 
www.osavet.com, osavets.com. There's a lot of information out there if you want some more information on integrative pet healing. And our Pet Healer podcast is going to be available in all platforms. So we're looking forward to seeing you again. <laughs>